Welcome back to the Air It Out podcast. I am your host, per usual, Lucas Shu. Today on the podcast, we're not having any guests on today. I was trying to get one last week. I'm trying to get another one this week for the Seahawks and Cardinals game for Thursday Night Football. But let's finally, we're going to talk about our picks. Last week, we went 8-6. and six. This week, or excuse me, this week, all time on the season, I am 86-47-1. and one. That one tie being early, early in the season with that Eagles versus Bengals game. But we're going to dive right into it. We're going to talk about Thursday Night Football first. We have the Indianapolis Colts playing against the Tennessee Titans tonight. Uh, the Colts are a team who have not been talked about much by people in general. Not much about media, but just people in general. I feel like they're really just not talked about, but they're a decent team, I think. They're 5-3 and three as it sits right now, but they're only a game out of the... AFC South lead. I mean, the Titans and Dinos are 6-2 and two right now. Colts 5-3. and three, And the Colts have done decent stuff this year. As I said, 5-3. and three, You got some decent players on our defense. The best one being DeForest Buckner. But they're a solid team. And I think nobody talks about them, but they should. But I think the major people don't talk about them at all is because the Tucson Texans are a more fun team to talk about. Because they have Deshaun Watson and the Bill O'Brien saga and all that. But the AFC South also has... The Tennessee Titans. The Titans have dominated last year. They made it to the AFC Conference Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs. They have all the nice players in their team. It feels weird to say about a Tennessee Titans team, but they have big-name players. Derrick Henry blew up last season in terms of talk, people talking about him. He played great. He got a lot of help from his offensive line. Still played great, but it still got a lot of help from his offensive line. They also got Ryan Tannehill, who was playing incredible this year, just absolutely out of his mind carrying it on from last year he looks like he looks like a really good quarterback right now and then you got A.J. Brown who's a really good receiver Corey Davis who's Corey Davis who's solid and you got some decent pieces in the defense most notably Jeffrey Simmons at least to me I think he's the best one in the defense but there's some good pieces on this Tennessee Titans team and that's fair why people think talk about him but Indianapolis is also a nice team they have a bunch of solid players in their roster, and they get the most out of them. Because you know, I think it's a good thing that they do is they, they have solid players. They don't have everybody who's a star besides Buckner, but they get the most out of them. They put them in the best situation to succeed, and they do pretty dang good, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And obviously, they have one of the best offensive lines in football, something that Philip Rivers has never had in his entire NFL career, sadly. But this game should make for an interesting game. You have the the biggest thing this game to me is not it's not only just a great game to watch I think, but it's a big impact on the standings. The Colts are five and three as it stands. The Titans are six and two. If the Titans lose this game, they'll fall to six and three, and the Colts will bump up to six and three. So they'll be tied for the lead in the AFC South. And as we get later and later and later in the season, these games have bigger impacts on the standings. So if the Colts want to make a move for the AFC South lead and make a move for the playoffs, it's going to have to start here. And it's going to be really interesting to see if they can pull it off. Because if they do, this AFC South is going to get interesting. Talk about the Sunday afternoon games. We have the Jaguars versus the Packers to lead it off. I mean, not really much to say. It's the Jaguars. They are tanking. They're probably going to get one of... Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, or Trey Lance, or whichever QB they desire. Uh, whoever they want, really, they're going to get them. 
or maybe they'll trade back. Who knows what the Jaguars are going to do. All we know is that they are in full tank mode. They started Jake Luton last week. He had a really nice throw to start the game off. It's like a 70-plus yard touchdown pass like that. It was a, just a really nice throw, a really nice touch on it. And they were able to do decent. He had a spin move to get in the end zone early on. I mean, it was something else from Jake Luton. The ultimate ended up losing that game, I believe. But I really don't see that happening again. I think Packers are going to dominate this game. They're going to stomp the Jaguars. I really don't know why they wouldn't. Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. He had a great game against the 49ers. Devontae Adams is looking the best receiver in the game. I was thinking about it earlier, but Devontae Adams has gone from a raw receiver who nobody really knew about to a solid receiver to, okay, he's pretty good, to, oh, wow, he's really good, and like, he's a top 10 receiver, and then he's known for his like really nice route running, which is, I think, his best at. He's great footwork and everything, great release of the line of scrimmage. But this year, I feel like he's put it all together now, and he added the auxiliary things. He always was a great, he always had that route running ability. But now you see him winning contested catches a lot. You see him being really physical in the air, and if he doesn't get open, he's still catching the ball. And you see him uh, doing great after the catch. There's a bunch of games where he's making guys miss, and he's showing off his athleticism. Like, where did this come from? I mean, I always think he had that, but it's on another level now. And he's making an argument right now to the best receiver in the NFL. He's torching teams. Nobody can cover him. People are lining up the correct way. It's not like bad execution by the corners or defensive backs. People are lining up where they should line up. They're playing the correct leverage and everything, but he's getting open so quickly and so efficiently. It's like, how do you cover him? It's incredible what he's doing to the to teams out here. He's such a great receiver. And then you got the Packers defense, who has struggled a bit, which is what I expected. I didn't think they could continue on this. That's the one thing I got right about this Packers season. But the pass rush has struggled. Preston Smith and Darius Smith have struggled. Rushon Gary hasn't done the best. They, they don't have that third extra edge rusher that's done anything. Defensive backs of the Packers, though, have been great. Especially Jair Alexander, who's been absolutely locked down. Excellent <laughs> defensive back. One of the best defensive backs in the NFL now. I think at least he's com- competing for that title. But Jaguars are going to crush the Packers. Ja- Jaguars, are not- Jaguars are not going to crush the Packers. The Packers are going to crush the Jaguars, and which be a f- an absolute trouncing in this game. Eagles versus the Giants. Uh, this is going to be a crap game, <laughs> no matter which way you look at it. You have the weirdly bad Eagles team who got beat up with a bunch of injuries like they do seemingly every year. And they're just struggling and struggling. Carson Wentz is looking mediocre at best. Everything in the Eagles team has just gone downhill quickly since the beginning of the year. We have the Giants who... Made a competitive game out of that Buccaneers game with Daniel Jones throwing incredible passes and then horrible passes in the same game. And going about it from just... He is so volatile. It's not even funny. He'll have these passes where like, oh my goodness, that was a nice pass. And has a nice zip on it, a nice location. And then he'll have that one at the end of the game where it was just a simple speed out route and he hit it way too late. And it almost was past the interference call. I think on Antoine Winfield, but it was just a terrible throw. I'm like, you gotta get it out of your hands way earlier, because that's gonna, it's gonna happen if you do that. And if Antoine Winfield looked at Daniel Jones, I would think would have been picked off. 
because he ran into the guy before the ball even got there. It's a terrible throw by Daniel Jones, but man, this game's going to be a crap game. I'm going to go with the Eagles on this game. I think they're a better roster than the Giants. I think Carson Wentz is a better QB than Daniel Jones, and I think they're going to pull out the win here. Washington versus the Lions, another crap game, I think. Washington really has no skill position stars out there besides Terry McLaurin. He's fantastic. Nothing to take away from t- Scary Terry. He is great at what he does. But everybody else is not. That's the problem. You get Chase Young on the defense side of the ball. Ryan Kerrigan. You get all these guys on defense who are solid. Fuller's a, actually a really nice piece out there. But everybody else, they're just struggling. They're, their defense is good. But the offense is the worst part of this whole team. Struggling offensive line. Nobody playing QB for them. They've had Kyle Allen. Dwayne Haskins they benched. Kanga heard this past week. And then now Alex Smith is coming in. I have no idea what's going on there in Washington. Just a brutal situation. And as you got Detroit, who's just mediocre again. Every year. I'm going to have to go with Detroit in this game. I'm really not confident about it. But I just think that it's a slightly better team than Washington is. I can see this game being kind of just a what happened in this game. where Nobody knows what happened quite really. But Lions over Washington. Texans versus the Browns. Um, I think since Sam Monson had this take before the season started, PFF Sam Monson, he had this take that when DeAndre Hopkins left, Deshaun Watson would become a better QB because he's not going to force the ball to Hopkins. He's going to spread it out more and he's going to look to learn to become an actually better QB. He's not going to go, oh, Deshaun, look at DeAndre Hopkins and just throw it to him because he knows he can catch it. He thinks he's going to become a better QB and I think he's right so far. Deshaun Watson has gone from a good quarterback to a near really good quarterback. He's going through progressions better. He's doing actual things the quarterback needs to do. He's spreading the ball out more. He's not just locking onto DeAndre Hopkins. And it's looking really good out there. And since Bill O'Brien's gotten fired, this team's been really competitive. I don't know what happened if they just lit a spark in this locker room or what's going on in Houston. I haven't looked at the film yet, but. They're doing a lot better things right now than they have before. I don't know if it's Bill O'Brien, if what happened, but I'm mean, probably Bill O'Brien somehow, but I don't know where it happened in this Houston locker room, but they're looking a lot better. They're playing against the Cleveland Browns, though, and Cleveland, I'd say, lost Odell, but they're looking a lot better than they did last year, for sure. They're about a little over halfway through the season, and this Browns team's looking a lot better. I mean, Kevin Stefanski is doing a great job with this offense. This offensive line is doing a great job. Everybody's just doing a great job. Wyatt Teller is looking like a man possessed out there after playing like a, like just average play for a long time. He's looking incredible out there now. This offensive line is just doing great things. Looking like the Cleveland Browns of old almost. I think I'm going with Cleveland in this game. Texans' defense is just bad on all levels. Minus their defensive line with J.J. Watt, but... The linebackers aren't playing the best. The D-backs are awful. I think the Browns should be able to win this game pretty handily. Buccaneers versus the Panthers. This game's going to be a decent game, I think. Buccaneers lost to the Saints this past week in a game where Tom Brady just melted, essentially. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he collapsed three interceptions. The idea that one where he was backing up almost... Like rolling backwards, 
threw up a pass. It was like the Nick Foles play from earlier this year where he was just running backwards, threw it in the air, and just got picked off. And it had zero velocity on it. It looked like a play where age cut Tom Brady. At least in that play it did. And he did not look good all game. It was a brutal, brutal game for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers roster. I mean, the whole roster, in reality. Drew Brees pieced him up. And it was a brutal game. Granted, I think they're much better than that. I think they're a really good roster. I think they're a really good team. If not one of the best teams in the NFL right now. They have their weaknesses, though. And the other side of the ball, you have the Carolina Panthers. Carolina is a really oddly competitive team. They do not let teams win easily. We saw that last week against Kansas City, where they almost, they didn't almost win. Like I say, they almost won that field goal by, uh, I can't really get out his name, Joey. Call him Joey for now. But they almost won, I'll say. And that long, long field goal, nobody thought it was going to go in, but he had the distance on it. I looked at it after. He had the distance. They were just not accurate. But they did not give the the Chiefs an easy game to win. It was not easy for them. They put up a tough game. Teddy Bridgewater looked decent. This offense has looked decent for most of the year. I, Matt Rule's done a great job so far. So has uh, the guy that brought him from LSU. Blanking his name. But they, this team is looking decent. It looks like it could be a good competitive team in a, in a couple of years. They get some extra pieces. They get some more team chemistry, they learn the playbook more, and all this, they're going to turn into a competitive team. The young guys develop more. This could be a nice team in the line. But for now, I'm going to go the Buccaneers over the Panthers. But looking down the road, a couple years or so, this Panthers team could be competitive. Very competitive. They could be competing for the NFC South in legit ways. Bills versus the Cardinals. The Bills played against the Seattle Seahawks in what was one of the weirdest games of the season to me. Russell Wilson finally had that game where he looked ugly. He looked really ugly. He had a fumble, he had the interceptions in the red zone, and it was not a great game for Russell Wilson whatsoever by any stretch of the imagination. He was dominating everybody on every level for the whole year, ran into a Bills defense who was looking average, looking worse than we we're used to in a Sean McDermott defense. And they struggled. Simple as that. And the other side of the ball, the Bills offense versus the Seattle's defense, Josh Allen pieced him up. Simple as that. Josh Allen absolutely torched this Seahawks defense. Granted, everybody's been able to torch this Seahawks defense. But it was just an ugly, ugly game for this Seattle's defense and just an ugly game for Seattle overall. They got their... Bud Tannen had them on a silver platter by Buffalo and Josh Allen. Then you have the Cardinals on the other side of the ball. They lost last week to the Dolphins in a game that was just a really odd game. Tua looked really good, though. Tua had moments of just flashes of greatness. from like, whoa, that was incredible. And it was just a really weird game. I didn't get to see much of it, but I saw some of it. And Tua looked great from what I saw. And it was just an interesting game between Arizona and Miami. Now we got Buffalo playing against Arizona. And gonna have to go with Buffalo in this game. I think Arizona's defense is looking okay, but I'm gonna trust Josh Allen in this game over the Cardinals. Chargers versus the Dolphins, like I said. Uh Miami played against Arizona and they looked Tua looked great. He flashed the brilliance. But now he's playing against a really good Chargers defense. 
Chargers had Desmond King. They actually traded him away to the Tennessee Titans. And they, they still have a great defense, though. They got Casey Hayward, uh, Dermot James when he's healthy. He's not there right now. But they got Nasir Adderley, uh Casey Hayward, Chris Harris Jr. They had great pass rushers in Bosa and Ingram. They're just loaded everywhere on defense. And I think this is going to be a game where Tua struggles. Granted, am I knocking him for struggling? No. But I think it's just a game where he struggles because everybody struggles against <laughs> the Chargers defense because they have just such a good defense. And they're built to stop a modern-day offense. Great pass rushers, versatile defense, and really good cornerbacks. So I don't blame Tua for struggling in this game. If he does struggle, I'm going to go with the Chargers over Miami in this game. Broncos versus the Raiders. I picked Denver to beat the Atlanta Falcons last week. It did not happen, but I still like the Broncos this year. I think they're an interesting team. I think they have really nice pieces in Jerry Judy. KJ Hamler looked nice. Albert O looked nice. He's obviously out now. Noah Fant looks like he's improving every year, every week. It looks like Garrett Bowles is playing out of his gourd right now. And then on defense, they got some nice pieces there. Shelby Harris is looking good this year. Bryce Callahan was looking good till he got hurt. I think they're a team. They remind me of the Panthers again where I don't think they're going to be competing for the NFC West. Like the Panthers will be able to compete for the AFC South only because they're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think they're a team in a couple years down the road if they figure out that QB situation or if Drew Locke develops. I think we could be looking at them as a competitor in the NFC, or not AFC, excuse me, in the AFC West. I don't think they'll be winning it, but I think they could be a second place team where they're getting in with this wild card team, and I think they could be a good team. They have a lot of pieces around Drew Locke. They have a lot of nice pieces. As I mentioned, Garrett Bowles, Jerry Juju's looking great, Albert Owen, he was healthy, Noah Fans looking solid. All these guys are looking good. The defense has nice pieces over there. Bryce Callahan looked good. Shelby Harris, Justin Simmons, all these guys. And if they can figure out their QB situation again, or if Drew Locke develops, they could be a team who's competing in the AFC West. I think they got some really nice pieces there. Just a matter of if they can figure it out and put it all together. They're playing against another AFC West competitor in the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> excuse me, not Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders. I still get that screwed up. But Vegas Raiders, um, they... They have a terrible defense. They can't cover they can't cover a fire with a wet blanket, for goodness sakes. They're just a terrible, terrible defensive team. But they are looking solid on offense. They're taking shots down the field with Nesson Aguilar, taking shots down the field with Henry Ruggs, and they're looking good in offense. I don't know what's happening where this came from with Derek Carr, but their def- offense is looking really good. I think it's gonna be a close game. I'm going to go with the Raiders in this game, but I would not be shocked to see Broncos pull off the win here. Next up, we get the Seahawks versus the Rams in a battle of the NFC West. Seattle obviously lost last week against the Buffalo Bills in what was an absolute trouncing the Bills gave them. And I mentioned, uh, I don't mentioned in the podcast, I wrote about it in my article for Fansided last week, how the game between the Seahawks and the Cardinals, uh, the game between the Seahawks and the uh, Bills and the game between the Cardinals and the Dolphins is very important because of divisional standings. I talked about how if the Cardinals were to win that game against the Dolphins and the Seahawks were to lose like they did against the Bills, 
NFC West will be a completely different picture because Cardinals will be tied in the NFC West with the Seahawks or vice versa happened where the Dolphins won, the Bills lost, and the Dolphins would be a half game back and all that stuff, how it impacted divisional standings. Good that neither of those situations happened and the Bills and the Dolphins both won, so both AFC East teams won. So the Bills still have, checking again, still have a one and a half game lead on them. I think. Double checking quick. Anyways, point still remains that nothing happens. But this week, this game has a lot of impact on the NFC West Kings again because the current NFC West Kings are as follows. The San Francisco 49ers sit up 4-5, and five, the bottom of the NFC West. Then there's a tie for second place between the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. And the Seahawks sit at 6-2. and two. So the Seahawks are one game above the Arizona Cardinals, and the Los Angeles Rams. The problem the Seahawks face is that they're playing against their divisional rival, Los Angeles Rams, who if the Rams do pull off the win here, they manage to beat the Seahawks. The Seahawks will obviously fall to 6-3, and three, and the Rams will obviously bump up to 6-3, and three, so they'll be tied in the NFC West for the, the NFC West divisional lead. Where things get really, really interesting is if the Cardinals are able to beat the Bills this week. If the Cardinals, I don't think they will, but if the Cardinals are able to be the Bills this week and the Seahawks lose the Rams, which I think is a decent possibility, then we'll be looking at a 6-3, 3 6-3, 3-way tie for the NFC West. The That happening is bonkers crazy to me. The NFC West has been one of the most competitive Divisions, even a yeah, competitive divisions in the NFL. I think the Rams are going to be looking at a legit. We could be look, the whole division be looking at a legit tie for six and three. It's insane. It's a crazy situation, and it could legit happen. The CSA obviously got trounced by the Bills last week, but they still have Russell Wilson. They still have Russell Wilson. They still have Deacon Metcalf. They still have Tyler Lockett. They still have a great offense who can put a point to anybody. I think. But their defense just struggles every single week. No matter who they face, they struggle. And they're playing against the Los Angeles Rams, who have a great offensive coach in uh, Sean McVay. And a, just a great, not, I mean, not a great offense, but a great offensive coach in Sean McVay. They have Jared Goff. They have uh, Robert Woods. They have all these guys who can make plays. Cooper Cup. And it could be a really interesting game because the Rams are going to give them a run for their money. The Rams are definitely going to give them a money. It's going to take Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense. It's going to take them trying to pull off a great offensive game. And I originally thought the Seahawks were going to beat the Rams. But I think with the Rams having a good defense, when they can slow down the Seahawks offense, they have Jalen Ramsey out there, Aaron Donald, they have a lot of nice pieces out there. I think the Rams are actually going to win this game. I have the Seahawks on here, but I'm going to change it to the Rams. And I think the Rams are going to put up numerous points on the Seahawks defense. So I think we'll go with the Rams over the Seahawks in this game. And I think the Rams are going to be able to manage to tie, be tied for the NFC West lead. And they're going to be able to pull it off. I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Seahawks win this game, but I think we'll go with the Rams. The 49ers versus the Saints. The Saints obviously destroyed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in what was a trouncing. 49ers, on the other hand, have dealt with numerous, numerous, numerous injuries and numerous COVID issues, and everybody can't play, 
and then they were forced to play a game against the Green Bay Packers on short notice on Thursday Night Football, and if you didn't see that game, it was an absolute brutalizing of the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan could not get anything going, and I'd not blame Kyle Shanahan in the slightest in the situation because he had nobody. All his offensive linemen were gone. Uh, he was playing with his backup QB. He was playing with like two running backs only, I think it was. Bunch of receivers were gone. It was just a brutal, brutal game for the 49ers, and there was no shot of them winning that game. And I think they're going to lose this game again to the Fort Saints in what would is going to be a, just a not easy one for the Saints, but should be a decent one for the Saints. Bengals versus the Steelers. I mean, I like Joe Burrow. I think this Bengals up. Bengals team could be competitive soonish in the AFC North, but the Steelers are going to rip the Bengals offense under shreds. They blew to the living daylights out of teams. I mean, the only hope that Joe Burrow has is playing in a spread shotgun offense where he can get the ball out of his hands quick, but their offense is going to get whooped by T.J. Watt. Uh, anybody who lines up against anybody, they're just going to get absolutely demolished by the Steelers' defense. I'm going to go with the Steelers in this game over the Bengals in what should be an easy game for the Steelers to win. Ravens versus the Patriots. The Patriots were in one of the closest games of the year for any team. The problem with that is they're playing against the New York Jets. A team who they should absolutely dominate. A team who had really no shot at winning any games, yet they managed to put up, I think, 27 points was it against the Patriots? I need to double-check that because it was something else. Yeah, 27 points. They lost 30-27. The Jets lost. The Patriots won on a last-second field goal by Nick Folk, I believe it was. That's a cute kicker. But it was a brutal, brutal game for the Patriots. They allowed 27 points to the hopeless New York Jets who couldn't do crap to anybody all season. It's actually been an ugly, ugly year for New England. They have not been able to get anything going. Ravens, on the other hand, have been also struggled a little bit. Uh, articles came out that Lamar Jackson said uh, they're figured out their offense already. People are picking up what they're doing. They know what they're going to do beforehand. And it's been a brutal year for Lamar. I think the Ravens are going to win this game over New England, but... I think it's going to be an interesting game to watch, being that Bill Belichick is one of the smartest defensive coaches in the NFL right now. Obviously, in general, he is. But he's not playing with a lot of his pieces that he's used to, so it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do. Monday Night Football, Vikings versus the Bears. Uh, there's not very much to say about this game. Vikings have turned it around recently with a nice offense. Delvin Cook's been torching teams. Chicago's been struggling on offense, per usual. They couldn't get anything going. In general, this past week, I think it was. Tennessee just absolutely rolled them. It would just be a weird... It's just been a bad year for Chicago. can do anything in general. Look, nice, good, pretty good defense, but nothing on offense. We're going to go with Minnesota over the Bears in that game. Recapping it, going Titans over the Colts. Packers over the Jaguars. Eagles over the Giants. Lions over Washington. The Browns over the Texans. Buccaneers over the Panthers, Bills over the Cardinals, Chargers over the Dolphins, Raiders over the Broncos, Rams over the Seahawks, Saints over the Niners, Steelers over the Bengals, Ravens over the Patriots, and the Vikings over the Bears. That's all for the podcast today, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. 
please rate, review, subscribe, share with everybody you listen to. Uh, Twitter for my me and my podcast. My personal Twitter account is at LucasShoe2, at LucasShoe2. And then the podcast Twitter account is at AirItOutPod, at AirItOutPod. That's all for the podcast today, guys. Thank you for listening. See you later.